about Nomadland. So I wanted to do kind of like a best picture sort of thing for the Oscars. And I was actually going to watch The Father, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And while I'm not against illegally streaming, although I guess for legal reasons I am against it, I, I didn't watch it illegally because I couldn't find it because it's, it's too hard to find new films and I'm not really good at torrent or the other kind of ways of finding illegal films, even though I honestly don't care if you find illegal films or not. I think movies are movies and anyone should be able to watch them, though then how do they get artists get paid? I don't know, that's not really my place to say, but I ended up watching No Bad Land and I did end up watching it legally. And do I think it deserves the Best Picture nomination? I don't know. I think there are a lot of things that Nomadland does right. Frances McDormand's performance, first of all, is certainly Oscar-worthy. And if she doesn't win the Oscar, do I think it's, it's the best performance of the year? It, it might very well be, but I think one of the reasons she might not win is she doesn't really have anything to tackle. And I think that goes overall with the big problem I have with the film, which, what's the problem? What exactly is happening in the film? If I explained No Man Land to someone, it would just be a woman who loses her husband and drives around for an hour and a half. And I know it, it, it's a film about loss and the gravity of it and, and loneliness and trying to find your way in the world. But for a lot of the film, it just feels like nothing's happening. It feels honestly much more like a novel than it does a film. It feel, feels like a visualized novel and not a novel like say, Ready Player One, but something more like transcendentalist. Like it feels like something I would read and Henry David Thoreau or Ralph Waldo Emerson, it doesn't really feel like a film. And the fact that a film like this can be nominated, and of course by Michael Lyon, and also be nominated for Best Picture, kind of shows how much film has grown, especially I would say in the last 10 years. You look at the Best Picture nominations over the history of film, so many of them are plot-driven and often action Ask adventures, although they're not necessarily action films, they sort of play into that very often, or there's a very heavy plot, everything revolves around the plot. And with Nomadland, there really is no plot. And if this won Best Picture, which I don't think it will, I think it would be at least the first one I can think of that really doesn't have a plot to win Best Picture. But I don't think it's gonna win. And I don't think it's not gonna win because say the Academy doesn't know what they're doing and what they're saying. Although I do think part of it is that Nomadland isn't, can't be a popular film. It's just not something within, honestly, the realm of possibility when it comes to a film like Nomad. The fact that it is as popular as it is really speaks a lot for how much film has grown out of quarantine. I know people kind of get off on or COVID and it's a terrible thing, but it's kind of been a really good thing for film. And I understand why this film became so popular during quarantine. 
because it's a film about loneliness, it's a film about being alone, it's a film about the smallness of humans and human nature, especially compared against the vastness of, of nature itself. And there are so many scenes in the film where it's just people sitting around a fire or people sitting in an RV park or where have you. And they're just talking. And it's not that I think there is anything wrong with this type of filmmaking necessarily, but I... Honestly, I don't know if I would consider him badly in a film, and it's not to break down anything that uh, Chloe, as, as a director, did. I, I think she's an incredible director, and I do think it's an incredible piece of art. But is it a film? I don't know. And maybe I'm just holding on to these arbitrary definitions of what a film is, of what a movie is, or it has to have a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, I, Heck, I, I call Ready Player One a film, and this is, you know, significantly better than that. So it's not so much that I'm criticizing it, saying that it isn't a film, I just... I think it's something else. I, I, I really think it's just something different. It, it reminds me of poetry, almost. It, an essay, almost. It doesn't feel like a film. It doesn't act like a film. There isn't really this plot to revolve around. And in the way you learn about Francis McDormand's character, it's not like it's kind of, you know, tip, as you typically kind of say, here's the world that they live in. We bring them out of that world. We have this new world. And as you know, we introduce this new world, we learn more and more about the character. And then the kind of climactic moment, and that's where they change. And then by the end of the film, they're this different person. And Francis McDormand's character does change through the film. She seems to come to terms with grief and her life and the loss of her husband. It's just strange that a lot of the big things you learn about Francis McDormand, you really don't learn about until later in the film. They're kind of, it's kind of hinted at it. So it's almost in a certain sense, you could really see this film as a, a film noir in the sense that there is so much of the character that you really just don't know about, and it's kind of hidden and purposely hidden. And I think that has to do with Frances McDormand playing a character who kind of tucks herself away, hides herself from the world, and is part of the reason that she's traveling. And even though she's kind of traveling in groups and she makes these friends along the way, she's very to herself. And I think it, it, it's very smart on the part of the director and the writer to have Francis McDormand's character kind of be an outsider who's kind of turning into this. And you see it all the time. You see the outsider kind of come into this world so you can introduce the world better. I mean, you can go back Star Wars, you can go back to Citizen Kane, you can go back to the work of Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton, where you basically just have an outsider come into this world that's already established. And it's a way to introduce the character and the audience to that world. And they do that with Francis McDormand in Nomadland, and it's a great way to understand how this world works. And I know that most of the actors are actual people, like they're actual nomads, other than uh, Francis McDormand and maybe a few other parts, they're almost all just non-actors. And I think that goes to show how incredible of a director Chloe is and why I think she really does deserve the uh, Golden Lion from Venice is because she 
can get those performances out of non-actors, which is not an easy thing to do ever. Although I do think that actor is always secondary to the director. The better the director, the worse the actor can be. And that's not to say non-actors can't be great actors too, but it's a much bigger challenge as a director. And her directorial style in this film is just, you can see it in each character. It seems like every character just cares so much about everything they talk about. It's so natural and it never at any point feels like the camera is there and I think that is the great success of this film is she made the camera invisible. So often in film we talk about how we make the edit invisible, how we make the sound invisible, how we make the score invisible, how we make this invisible or that invisible. But she made film in a lot of ways, the, the movie invisible. It, she had this amazing ability to make it feel like you were watching a movie and in a lot of ways it feels more like a documentary than it does a movie even though it is a piece of fiction even though it's a narrative it doesn't feel like a movie and that's part of it sort of but even <clears throat> in a documentary there's still a plot there's still a beginning middle end and it just doesn't feel like there is this with that it feels more like a moment, and in many ways, I, it's the perfect film for the year of quarantine for 2020, because it's not really about anything, just about, like, the year of quarantine really wasn't about anything, it was about the lack of something, and for Frances McDormand, it was about the lack of people, of a husband, and you see these different actions, her, her interactions with her sister is really wonderful because you see what kind of character first of all Frances McDormand is and the difficulty she has with these different issues and it plays a lot with the, way more than I thought it would with the 2008 housing crisis and it, it really explores how this housing crisis kind of ruined people's lives and it's interesting that they made her sister uh, the wife of a real, real estate agent although it's not clear if she's a real estate agent also or not and it allows this kind of back and forth between the two because uh, there's this beautiful moment near the beginning of the film where Frances McDormand is at a, a Dick's Sporting Goods or, or some sporting goods like it. And uh, one of her friend's daughters comes up to her and asks, are you homeless? And she says, no, I'm not homeless, I'm houseless. There's a difference. And while I, I agree with that sentiment and the sentiment of the nomads is clearly a a sentiment of you do not need a home or you do not need a physical place to be with yourself, to be with the world, to establish yourself with the world. Frances McDormand is lying. And she's not lying because she's homeless. She's not lying because she doesn't have a roof over her head. She's lying because at that moment she doesn't have, not a house, but a home. She doesn't have a home. She thinks she does. And it's not that living in her vans, there's anything wrong with it. I think the real reason people are concerned, although you can see that some of them are concerned because they don't understand how she lives. I think especially with her sister, you see that their concern isn't about where she lives so much as their concern is for her as a person. She's lost, she's alone, especially as we learn about Swinky's cancer that's spreading and going to kill her. 
she spends a lot of the film alone and there's this interesting dynamic between her and Frank maybe is his name which is kind of I suppose the romantic lead if you will although the relationship really isn't that of romance it's not that of lust it's that of friendship proving I suppose when Harry met Sally proving that Harry was wrong in that moment saying that men and women can't be friends I, certainly obviously they can and their relationship is is lovely and I, I do think it's a form of love I don't think it's love in say the tradition of my wife and I or you know the, the love of that kind of relationship but it does feel like love he really loves her and I don't think he wants anything other than just her friendship and there's that moment where they're at his son's house and she's speaking to someone maybe it's his daughter-in-law it's not really clear who that is at that moment and she says you know you make him happy that's all that matters and yeah I think that's a beautiful relationship and I think What's interesting is is one of the ways the film could have transitioned from that moment forward is it could it very easily could have been a love story it could have been a romance a romantic drama it could have been about the love between these two but when she leaves that house when she leaves him I don't think it's a flaw of her character I don't think she's failing at that moment I think it's the film exploring and and perhaps revealing the possible truth that love isn't everlasting and that the love isn't really about being there with someone as much as it's the love of just knowing someone's there or knowing that someone will be there for you and that's kind of how the relationship goes and I, I think it's it's really lovely in that way. And to be honest, even though I just watched this movie an hour ago, I can't really remember how it ends. I don't know why. I, I know she goes back and she visits the house. It, does it end there? I think it ends there with her looking out into the desert and the mountains and the distance and this the whole idea of, of nothing being in their way and it's interesting this, this sort of dichotomy of you know her becoming a nomad because she wants nothing being in her way but this very clear obvious thing being in her way the whole film which is the death of her husband the whole film she's trying to come to terms with it and she really doesn't come to terms until the end of the film and I, I wonder why she comes to terms with the death of her husband. I, I don't know if it's clear to you, perhaps it's the death of, of Swanky, her friend, and realizing that life is momentary. And I'm not concerned about the message of the film because I don't think films are supposed to have messages. And even if they do, I think it's entirely individualized. And what you take out of a film is entirely different from what someone else takes out of the film. But I do, I struggle to say what, what's the film about? And it's the reason I didn't enjoy the film more as I did. I think visually it's very pleasing. I don't know if there's anything visually where I'm 
and I guess kind of blown away by it. Like I think it's very it's a very pretty film, but there's nothing visually that I was like, oh, whoa. You know, I, I think of uh, the last film I really did that with was Midsommar, and there just be these gorgeous, beautiful shots that you, you have to wonder, how the heck did Ari Aster get that shot? And while I think it's a beautiful film and shoots a lot at Twilight Hour and, and the lighting is just magnificent, there's really nothing visually about the film that's spectacular. And honestly, as a film as a whole, I just struggle to see the conflict of the film. I struggle to see what, what, what the film is really about. I, it's not that the film needs to be about something, but there has to be some crisis. There has to be some conflict, and it doesn't really feel like there ever is. And it's honestly just confusing and baffling. And maybe I need to readjust how I see the world and how I see cinema. And maybe this is just a different type of cinema that I just don't understand. Because outside of Frances McDormand's character, there doesn't really seem to be any other characters. And by that I mean, it's not that these other people in, in the film aren't interesting or three-dimensional. They very much are, especially because they're real people based off of real lives. It's that to, to really be a character, there has to be growth. And there is growth with, say, her love interest, Frank, still don't know his name. He begins as a nomad and ends living in the house. And it's not that being a nomad is wrong or right, but it's clear that for him, and for a lot of these people, being a nomad isn't actually about living with nature. It's about escaping something, about running away from something, and not something physical, although I suppose that could be it sometimes. It's mostly running away from, from something internal, just like Frances McDormand is running away from the death of her husband. These other people are running away from their own internalizations, and just as Frank is kind of running away from his son, maybe? I'm, I'm not really sure what exactly it is he's running away from, but there is growth in him, but other than him and Frances McDormand, none of the other characters grow. And I, I know there's just, there's just snippets of people, and maybe that's, for me, is part of the problem, is there's just too few characters to latch on to. There's too few characters to connect with. I mean, it's really, and, and again, a nod to Frances McDormand and her incredible performance, but it's just there are so few strings to kind of grasp at, and those strings have to just be so strong for the film to work, and it does work. And for those reasons, I really think that, you know, the, the director, Chloe Zhao, I think is her name, should be rewarded and recognized for the incredible film that this is. I just, I struggle to fall in love with it. And there's, there's this thing for me where a film, the difference between a nine and a 10 film, I don't rate a lot of films, 10 thumbs out of 10. But I read, there's, there's quite a few films I've read nine thumbs out of 10. And the difference is just something you, it, it's not something you can explain. The difference between nine and 10 is just, when you watch the film, you feel a certain way that you can never feel with a nine. And I feel that when I watch The Graduate, 
when I watch Leno, when I watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, when I watch the films that kind of made me who I am. And when I finished watching this film, I just had this immense amount of feelings come over me, sadness really, but it's, sadness really isn't the right word because it's not really sad at the end, it's this sense of loneliness almost, and even though she sort of finds herself at the end, I, it seems like she's come to terms with the death of her husband, but there's still so much room for her to grow, and at the end of the film I fell a lot, which is I mean, if no other reason, that's why a film succeeds. If it makes you feel something, it doesn't really matter what it makes you feel. It makes you feel something. It makes you feel it a lot. The film succeeded. And so in that way, the film did succeed. But I just, I'm not really sure how, I, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how to feel about this film because nothing happens. It's a film where absolutely nothing happens. There is no plot. There is, other than Francis McDormand's character, there really, Frank, maybe. There is no character growth. I guess I'm struggling if, is that okay or not? Can, can a film exist in that world? And if it does exist in that world, how, how do I compare it to other films? How do I compare it to, I don't know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy? How, how do I compare it to Batman versus Superman? How, how do I compare it against any film when it's, it's so uniquely itself and it, I'm just struggling to kind of, because I, I want to put it in a box. We want to put all of everything we do in a box. I, I don't know what box to put this film in, and so it makes it harder. I'm really struggling to express how I feel about this film. And the fact that Frances McDormand actually lived in a van for the entirety of the shoot, or most of the shoot, is just amazing. One of the things I, I don't understand, and I guess this really isn't a question so much for the director as it is just for the nomads out there, which is, they all have this bucket in their van where they use, they go to the bathroom, which is disturbing because that's also where there's like, that's way too close to where you sleep and where you eat. I, I think you need space. Why? Why do they have the bucket? Like, why can't they just go to the local gas station or what have you? And I get if you gotta go, you gotta go, but you're also outdoors. Why, why, do, why do you have the, and you have to dump it outdoors anyway, so what's the purpose of the bucket? And it's not a question about the film, because this film seems to very clearly understand immense in a way that I never will. And in that way, it, it feels so much like a documentary because all of these things feel very real and a lot of them are very real. But I just don't, I don't understand it. I also think it's gross. I think it's really gross. And do there need to be scenes where we need to see that? Probably not. If there was any complaint, that would be my one complaint. It doesn't add anything to it. And it's only really one scene, although there's a couple kind of like references to it. I think it's interesting that they never show the process of like getting a job. Other than that, like at the beginning where she says, you know, I want work, I need work, I like work. 
which is just a wonderful moment and really you know kind of shows what kind of character she is and just honestly how poverty works in this country the way that it's not about who works harder gets more money it's it's just about who wins and who loses and at that moment she lost in this very real city empire in nevada that just shut down i mean i, I didn't even know that they still had because i knew back in like the oral refinery back in the 1800s they had these places where these businesses would literally buy towns and they would own everything in that town so you would work for this company and they would pay you but then you'd have to pay them in rent and you would pay for the food and you basically just be i mean in a lot of ways you're really a slave to this town i didn't realize that at least back in 2012 and probably still today that was still a thing and you were allowed to do that which is kind of disturbing that everything you owned was really owned by the company you work for, which you can see the conflicting interests. They'll charge you as much money as they can because they know exactly how much you make. So they'll charge you just enough so you can get by, which is disturbing for so many reasons. And it's interesting that although it's a film about nomads, although it's a film about people who have shed a lot of the stigmas of capitalism the film in no way seems to be anti-capitalistic which is really intriguing it's it's really intriguing that the film opens and ends with francis mcdormand working in an amazon factory right saint famous for kind of the evil corporate <laughs> world and yet there is no bitterness towards them, no criticism towards this company that has clearly preyed on so many people. And I don't think that's a flaw of the film. I just think it's really strange that, that it, it takes the notion that it does, that the film not fails, but chooses not to recognize that the reason that she's in the position she is in is because factories like the factory and empire existed, which they shouldn't exist. The fact that an entire town was built off of this one industry is terrifying and you don't want this to exist, but it does. And the fact that it doesn't explore that maybe is a missed opportunity, but then it becomes an entirely different film perhaps. And maybe this just wasn't the type of film. You know, this film is about Francis McDormand and all that kind of explores the housing crisis of 2008 and it explores poverty and it explores nomads and all these different things. It's really not about those things. It's about Frances McDormand. And if the film is entirely laid on Frances McDormand, of course she has to give an incredible performance, which she absolutely does. But something has to happen. I just, it feels like nothing in this film happens. It just feels like you're lulled into this experience. And there's a couple times in this film where I was like, oh, is the film over? Is the film over? Is the film over? It's, it's one of those films where if the film had ended any time before it had ended, I would have bought that. I would have been like, oh, that's a good ending. And I know it's, it's a film about feels and it's about feeling things. And it's not that I was bored in the film. I just... It seems like a film needs to have some sort of progression. And I don't... I don't know if I see that in this film. I don't know if I see this film progressing to anything, towards anything. Yes, she comes to terms with her husband, but 
it doesn't feel like a progression. It feels like she, right? It feels very binary. She doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't, she does. It, it doesn't really, it's hard for me to find the growth. And I, I see the growth in those moments where Swanky dies and, and she meets her romantic partner, person, Frank, whoever. But it still somehow doesn't feel like growth. It feels like something is missing in this film. And for me, it's just, what is the conflict? And maybe it's just because I don't understand the film. It could honestly be it. Maybe I just don't understand what this film is. But if I was going to go out of 10 thumbs, I'd give it eight, eight solid thumbs. It's an enjoyable film. I'm glad I watched it. It made me feel a lot of things. I'm incredibly grateful to have seen such, perhaps what I would argue, one of Frances McDormand's best performances. It will certainly go down as one of her great performances in history. And if she hasn't been recognized as the great actor she is, she will certainly forevermore be. But it just feels like there's something missing in this film. And it doesn't help that I can't articulate it, but There needs to be something more. What that is, I don't know, but it's just, it's missing something.